0: 2 1
1: 0 From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth Podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in and for sharing the podcast. We also appreciate uh, all those that celebrated Resurrection Day yesterday. And um, it's not just for Sunday anymore, or it's not just for Easter anymore. As you know, the resurrection all year round, that's what thats what makes our hope just incredible in that it is true, not just on Easter, but all year round. We have that hope, the empty tomb. It's still empty Uh, 4,200 world religions, only one empty tomb, only one living God, only one true God. Really quick, before we get into the podcast with John Haller today, I want to remind you of a local drive going on for stuffed animals and teddy bears for local hospitals. There are five drop-off locations, collection boxes, but it's an honor of a special little superhero that has been, he has been, his name is Grayson, Uh, he's been honored annually. It's a teddy bear drive. Um, he lived four and a half years. He had many hospital stays. He had a comp- compromised immune system and cerebral palsy. And each time he got to a hospital, he, there was a stuffed animal waiting for him. And the family uh, expresses the, their thanks and how big of a difference that made. Always seemed to put a smile on this little boy's face. And uh, he's no longer with us, of course, but they're doing this to honor him. So it's called Grayson's Care Bears, there's a Facebook page for those who you in Wisconsin, G-R-A-C-E-N-S, and you can drop off new teddy bears and or stuffed animals at Pizza Ranch, both locations in Green Bay, The Dough Shop, Dirt Juicery, Black and White Nails, Advance America, and there's more information on the Facebook page. So I'm going to read a scripture. I've been going through Second Timothy, and I'm, I'm at the end. I mean, not the end of my life, of course, but Paul was. Before he wrote this, he was just about going to be executed, and he wrote this, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, But also to all who have loved his appearing, his returning. That's what we look forward to. John Haller, our guest today, a lawyer, elder, teacher known for his weekly prophecy updates. And you can check out the FBC, that's Fellowship Bible Chapel YouTube channel, and Rumble and others. John, welcome back to the podcast.
0: Good to be back with you again, David.
1: All right. There's, there's, as, as, when it's all every time you come on, there's never a shortage of things to talk about. And I tell people jokingly we could do three, three hours um, or three separate podcasts, but we have time for one. Where do you want to start, brother? <laughs> um,
0: you know, usually we try to put in stuff about Middle East and Israel at the end and, and fail. Yeah. And I do think that that's sort of the epicenter of Bible prophecy. So maybe we ought to start with that today.
1: Let's do that. Um, I see in the Financial Times, Israel forces launched a strike on Syria targets. And what led to that? And what's going on with that story?
0: Well, what happened uh, last week was that uh, there was was sort of, and I talk a lot about convergence in my updates and that sort of thing, there was a convergence of the religious holidays of the three major what are called in the world the three major abrahamic faiths uh islam christianity and judaism mm-hmm. uh, of course uh for judaism this week was passover uh for uh, christians it was resurrection sunday and it was ramadan for the uh, muslims mm-hmm. so what's happened the last 2 years it's it's happened off and on over the years but the last 2 years on ramadan uh there's an agreement between Israel and Jordan. Jordan is the country that uh, controls the Islamic authority called the Waqf, W-A-Q-F, to, that has governance over the Temple Mount. That actually was uh, given by the British when the Ottoman Empire fell to this Islamic authority back mm-hmm. in the 1920s, and it's continued ever since. Mm-hmm. The, uh, there's an agreement that that there's a, there's a Muslim doctrine that you can stay overnight in the mosque. It's a special religious experience, but it's been abused in the last few years, particularly with the convergence of Passover and Ramadan. So they've, they've banned the state. They've, they've reached an agreement with the Jordanian walk, not to allow people to stay in the Al-Aqsa mosque on the temple mount overnight, but that's being violated. Uh, There was, I think it was, I think it was last year or the year before Israel tried to tamp this down by putting in place uh, electronic screening gates at the entrance to the at, at the entrances to the Temple Mount hmm. but the Muslims had a meltdown over that you know this was restricting our freedom of religion hmm. this was to keep us off the Temple Mount that sort of thing so the gate those electronic gates were removed but so what you saw last year and then again this year is that they bring in uh, clubs, weapons, and, and what is sometimes referred to in the media as stones, but they're really rocks. I mean, these are huge rocks and fireworks. And so they shoot the fireworks off and they throw the stones down over the side of the Temple Mount onto the Western Wall Plaza, the hotel, sometimes called, I think incorrectly, the Wailing Wall, mm-hmm. where the Jews will be worshiping and especially in the week leading up to and at the time of Passover. So uh, this week, as, and the exact same thing happened last year. In fact, last year they shot off a firework, and there's a number of trees between the Oxumos, Al- which is at the south end of the Temple Mount, and the western wall of the Temple Mount. That's the holiest site to, in Judaism. It's the last remnants of the Temple Mount from the time of Herod, it's believed they uh, they shot off a firework and it caught a tree between the mosque and the Western wall on fire. And of course the Jews were celebrating down below and they dance around and they, you know, they have Israeli flags and that type of thing. It's a, you know, it's a very sort of patriotic and religious time for the Zionist uh, oriented Jews. Well, the images of the, of the fire on top of the temple Mount with the Jews celebrating down below were spread all over uh, islamic Arab media, oh, look, That Al-Aqsa is burning, Al-Aqsa is burning. Well, it wasn't burning. There's a tree, like I said, I, I was able to, with the great maps we have in, in Google Earth and that type of thing, I was able to pull out where that tree was. I mean, I walked by that tree, and it's mm. probably 20, 30 yards from the Al-Aqsa Mosque. It wasn't going to catch anything on fire, and it was their own fireworks that caught it on fire. That was the interesting thing. So that caused a big meltdown and in Gaza, whenever something like that happens, they start flowing the rockets from Gaza towards the temple mount. And that's what they did. This year they were stockpiling weapons. They barricaded themselves into the Al-Aqsa mosque and the Israeli authorities for several days tried to negotiate with them to, you know, open the mosque up. Let us inspect what you have and they refused. And so they went in. It was a very short, um, operation. In fact, Sky News and CNN both have interviews on their YouTube channels with Ron Dermer, who was a former ambassador to the United Nations from mm-hmm. Israel and is, he's some sort of minister or deputy minister in Netanyahu's cabinet right now. He did an excellent job saying, and there was also an interview on in Al Jazeera with the deputy mayor of Israel, of Jerusalem. And she said, listen, this is, they do this every year. We just went in to protect people it's a fire hazard and nobody got injured uh seriously in the when they cleaned out the mosque but again you're desecrating the mosque and you'll see videos of them they're in there playing soccer and that sort of thing (laughs) yet um and and they have fireworks and rocks strewn all over the 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 carpets there in the al-Aqsa mosque and by the way i was there in 1995 you used to be able to go into the mosque and so we were able to go into the mosque there. And we were also able to go inside the Dome of the Rock.
1: Hmm.
0: That's pretty much over now. They've really started restricting things. When I was in Israel in December, I was over by the Temple Mount a couple of days. But it was closed down to non-Muslims at that time. Hmm. So they they cleaned that off. And then everybody got upset. So there were some rockets that were launched, from again, from Gaza into Israel this week. But also what happened this week was there were rockets launched from Lebanon, about 35, 36, three dozen rockets roughly. And there was also about six rockets la- launched from Syrian territory into northern Israel. And then the Gaza rockets were launched into southern Israel. Uh, and some of these rockets now are able to reach almost all the way to Jerusalem. When I was in Israel wow. at the Christian Media Summit in December, we actually went down to Gaza to one of the kibbutzes that's right there along the border with Gaza. Um, and they said that, you know, this is 90, 95% heaven, 5% hell, because when we get noticed that the rockets are gone, we have 10 seconds to get to a safe space <laughs>
1: wow. and
0: you can walk by a place there at, at the kibbutz we were at and met with the people that were there, uh, very moving stories. And, um, There was a few guys standing there, and they got hit by a rocket. Two were killed, and one lost his legs. We met him later that night at a dinner a little bit further away where they said, well, it's 99% heaven here because we have 15 seconds.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: And then when I had Shabbat dinner with some friends in Ephrat before I came back, Ephrat being between Bethlehem and Hebron. And it's a very historic city. In fact, I'm going to talk at my Canadian conference in early May about the prophecies related to Jesus first coming was behold Bethleh- Bethlehem Ephrata. This is the area that they said the Messiah would come from. So it's a very, very biblical mm. area. But they said, well, and the, the young kids uh, in the family that I was with, uh, I think the boys were seven, nine, the girl 15. They go, well, oh, really? 15 seconds? Well, we have, we have a minute and 38 seconds to get to a safe spot here in Ephrata. Uh, and they're a good hour drive. Uh, from over an hour drive from where we were down at Gaza. So it's a very real thing. So they're throwing these rockets up. Israel responded. It's the most rockets that came from Lebanon into Israel since the second Lebanon war in 2006. Hmm. Now, talking to security experts, uh, I have a friend, Amir Vivi who heads up the Israeli Defense and Security Forum and other people. And there's other organizations, the Israel, the Institute for National Security Studies, puts out a security assessment each year. They just released the 2023 one a little while ago. And the, the fear is that Israel Israel can handle a couple they fronts. They're, they've been rated as the eighth or ninth most powerful military in the world, which is kind of interesting. They have 9 million people. You know, we have, what, 335 million here in the United States. Israel's ranked about the ninth most powerful military in the world because a lot of it's because of technology. And the technology and artificial intelligence and that type of thing is really allowing people to punch above their weight class. And we could talk a little bit more about that. But that's what's happening in Ukraine, by okay. the way. Ukraine has increased parts of the effectiveness of their military through technology, artificial intelligence, Internet, geo uh, uh, GPS positioning, uh, targeting, and that type of thing. They've increased the the efficiency factor of parts of their mil- military by a factor of 10. Well, Israel's way above them in the way they use technology and that sort of thing. So there was a, there was a talk given a number of years ago, this, this tension between Israel and its neighbors. This has been going on since the founding of Israel. Mm-hmm. Israel became a nation again in 1948. And we've talked for years about the Iranian threat, the Islamic army threat, and that type of thing. And it, it kind of goes in waves. So I know people get tired of hearing about, I think we talked about it beforehand. Yeah. People get tired of hearing about Iran's going to have nuclear weapons. Well, when is Iran going to have nuclear weapons? I mean, we've been talking about this for years. You might remember the very famous talk that Benjamin Netanyahu gave during one of his prior administrations. He came back to, I was sworn back in as prime minister in December after being out for about a year and a half, I think maybe two years. But, you know, a number of years ago, he they had gone to Tehran in a, an incredible operation, and they had gone to the warehouse where they had all of their nuclear documents stored in Tehran, Iran, took the documents, didn't destroy them. They transported them out of Iran all the way to Israel, undetected. And Netanyahu came out and said, here's the CDs. You know, here's the the CDs of information. Here are the notebooks. And he did a very big thing about it. And there was a lot of talk at the end of the Trump administration in 20, late 2020, early 21 that Trump and Netanyahu were going to attack Iran because Iran was getting close to a nuclear weapon. Mm-hmm. Well, now we sit here two years and four months later and does Iran have a nuclear weapon yet? The, the issue is that, um, these, these things develop. It's sort of like the, statement in the old um, Hemingway book that I referred to, I think it's The Sun Also Rises, the two characters are talking about is, how did you go bankrupt? And the guy goes, well, you know, I went bankrupt in two ways, gradually then suddenly. And so while I don't (laughs) want to give Hemingway the authority of Scripture, it's very similar to how these things in Bible prophecy are going to happen and how things happen geopolitically. It happens gradually. You may not even notice. You're almost like the frog in the kettle, and then all of a sudden, you're boiling and you're and you're dead. So, Iran only has to get it right once. Yeah. Uh, and so there's been this sort of song and there's been this little dance going on geopolitically and with terror attacks and weapons and uh, you know the way they've structured the uh, Hezbollah in Lebanon. They've structured Hamas in Gaza. And Hamas is rising in power in the areas of Israel known as the West Bank. That's historically the biblical areas of Judea and Samaria. It's the biblical heartland. And it's interesting that Israel is really prohibited from – every time they build a settlement or expand a settlement in Judea and Samaria, the West Bank, the world has a meltdown. And the world's going through a meltdown now. Mm-hmm. So – so
1: with,
0: I don't know when Iran's going to get a nuclear weapon, but they only have to get it once. Right,
1: and uh, I think we just got to have a new title for the podcast, uh, It Happens Gradually, Then Suddenly. We can draw a lot of parallels. I mean, countless parallels to what's going on in America w- with the moral decline in every aspect of our culture and all the major institutions that happened gradually, then suddenly. But let's go back to something you sent me in the notes on these articles where the Israel Defense Forces um reservists are being called up um those in the Israel military, their leaves are being canceled. And this is the interesting thing that I thought. Uh, many reservists have been refusing to show up for training due to disagreement with proposed judicial reform. And then uh Barack, the former Israel prime minister, said that's okay because uh, they only agreed to serve a democratic government. Can you explain that? Yeah, uh,
0: this has been a very interesting thing. So there, there's a number of articles I would refer you to. There's a very good article that just came out, uh, by Daniel, uh, Greenfield, mm-hmm. uh, at his website, he writes under the name Sultan Kanish. Uh, and then Melanie Phillips has also written on her sub stack, Melanie She's written an article about this protest and everything that's going on in Israel. And then also, um, a person who i've met and respect uh Caroline Glick has been writing about it for a long time. So let's let's sort of unpack what's going on here. Yeah. So um Netanyahu lost, uh, his his government fell apart. He had a very narrow coalition a couple of years ago. So that led to the I think it was the fifth round of elections in 3 years in Israel. I mean, can you imagine we don't like the elections here. Imagine having that happen five times in three years where everything is political. There's this Josh. fighting. So Netanyahu was able to gather through his Likud party and, and Israel is, they're organized in this very bizarre way that these minority parties say, well, I will come into your coalition. You have to get at least 61 members of the Knesset uh, to be on your side to get something done to form a government. There's 120 members of the Knesset. And they don't have like, we have the Senate and the House. They just have the Knesset. And then the prime minister is the head of the coalition. So this is Netanyahu. He was able to form a co- coalition, but this time he formed a coalition with several what they call right-wing parties. They're Zionist, um, you know, Zionist-oriented. We're really supporting the nation state of Israel. Orthodox parties and then an ultra-Orthodox party. And there's a lot of tension in Israel. A lot of Is- Israelis are very secular in their orientation. Yes. The ultra-orthodox go all the other way, and the ultra-orthodox have sort of, um, no I don't want to be inaccurate to describe this, but the ultra-orthodox, in some respects, they've been able to get the state to support them. They study Torah. They don't, some serve in the military, but a lot, most don't. Uh, they live in enclaves and they're very, you can, you can feel the tension when you go into those enclaves because I, I've, I've been in there and you look different, you know, you, you, because they dress a certain way, they have different sex, that type of thing. So they were in the party. Now, what's happened in Israel is what's happened here. I think there are parallels is that the, that the legal system has been weaponized. Yes. For example, Netanyahu has been subject for a number of years to a charge of bribery. And I'm a lawyer, so I've tried cases, and I know, and even a complicated case that I had, you know, this thing was tried within a few years of the indictment being Mm. filed, even though this case involved millions of documents. Well, here's a relatively simple bribery case against Netanyahu, and there's a couple others. And I've asked people in Israel, how long is that case going to go on? It's been going on forever. Well, probably going on another five years. Well part of that is because they want to they want to damage Netanyahu.
1: His reputation, yeah.
0: And it's the same thing that's happening here with former President Trump. He's been indicted, and I will tell you, I don't know if you've talked about it. The indictment against Trump is totally bogus. It's garbage from a legal standpoint. Even Alan Dershowitz, who's no fan of Trump, he has a book out now called Get Trump, where he analyzes the potential four cases against uh, Trump, the documents case from Mar-a-Lago, the Georgia election, and this thing in New York, this, this is total, complete garbage. In fact, the New York Times editorial page yesterday, the opinion section, had a big editorial that this is, this is nonsense. And Dershowitz said, I heard in an interview with him, he, he thinks Trump's going to lose. They're not going to change venue. They're going to try him. They're going to convict him because it's Manhattan. But he'll probably win an appeal. But how long will that take? It's going to take way beyond the 2024 election. If if Trump would win in 2024, he would be a president and he's still fighting this legal thing, Jeez. 34 felony charges in in Manhattan. Uh, by the way, there was a person from the uh, attorney general's office. I can't remember the person's name who was brought on board by the Manhattan district attorney. To do this, this is this is all funded by these left wing right, NGOs. Right. The same thing is happening in Israel. And, and before I go on, I need to sort of explain this. You remember all the financial crisis that we had back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah. As a result of that financial crisis, the the banks like J P Morgan, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, they paid literally billions and billions of dollars in settlements about potential financial improprieties. <clears throat> now, some of those, I think, were, uh, for lack of a better term, trumped-up charges, <laughs> that, that they were really not valid. But what, by the way, does anybody know what happened to all the money from those settlements? And the answer is, I think there's been some people who've tracked them. And what happened was that the Obama administration did a couple things as they were on their way up. They set up a lot of NGO left-wing organizations, and they took that billions, and I'm talking billions of dollars in settlements. Remember in the last election, Trump was talking about that each party was going to spend a billion dollars on the election? We're talking billions of dollars from 15 years ago, mm-hmm. 16 years ago, 10 years ago being funneled and laundered through these NGOs into left-wing groups that are now attacking our system. The same thing is happening in Israel. You know, there's a very famous individual and every time you say his name, by the way, I said his name, I won't say his name. He's a he's a finance a billionaire financier. Uh and he's mentioned and his first name is George. Yeah. <laughs> and I was actually doing a podcast last week with someone and I mentioned his name. And my system shut down. Wow. My connection with the internet dropped. Oh boy. And the second I said both of his names. And, and this seems that to happen, wow. uh, fairly regular with me. Like everything worked great right with my computer until I get on YouTube or something and then boom. So, but we know that, we know that this person, that George funded this DA. Now he came out last week and said, I don't know what you're talking about. And so the attack will be George will come out and say, well, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, he's funding it through an NGO. Okay. And he has people that are working for him that doing that, whether he knows Alan Bragg or not, I highly doubt it. The other thing that happens to, if you attack him because he's Jewish, ethnically Jewish, you're an anti-Semite for attacking him. You're engaging in some kind of crazy conspiracy theory Mm -hmm. because you're not allowed to criticize him. This is, this is just utter nonsense. So they, they've, got these things set up. Now they're doing it in Israel. In fact, Israel is funding various NGOs. The State Department, in a report to some of the requests from people in Congress, said, yeah, we're funding this NGO. And so this NGO is fostering some of the unrest in Israel. Now, look, there are people that are concerned, legitimately concerned about where judicial reform is going. But you need to understand that Ehud Barak, who was the prime minister from uh, 2001 to 2003, and actually the defense minister in one of Netanyahu's cabinets from uh, 2009 to 2013, um, and very well acquainted with Netanyahu's brother who died in the raid in in Tevi and that type of thing, he came out, he did an interview at a place called the Chatham House in the UK about two weeks ago. You can find it on the Internet. And in that, he said, listen, there was a study by a Columbia University professor, and they found out if you get three and a half percent of the people to go into the streets and oppose the government, that'll fall. And it, it turns out to be about eight percent of the adult population. And we've exceeded that. And so the Netanyahu's government's going to go down. So Caroline Glick, Melanie Phillips, Daniel Greenfield have all noted that there's a concerted effort to get rid of the Netanyahu government. Netanyahu came out two weeks ago and said, we're going to, we're going to pause on judicial reform. We're going to try to negotiate. They've set up some meetings, but the protests have continued. Uh, so every weekend you'll have a hundred, hundred as Caroline Glick says, the, the number ranges between 10,000 and 4 billion people mm. protesting in the streets of Israel each weekend. Uh, a week ago, a week ago today, they had a day of disruption where they essentially shut everything down. I think it was a week ago today. It's funny. These things happen, things that happened a week ago now seem like they're a year ago because so many things are happening. Mm-hmm. And this is the gradually then suddenly thing. Yes. So Netanyahu, though, because he has these criminal charges, indictments pending against him, the attorney general, who's not really part of the cabinet, like here in the United States, the, President's cabinet consists of the attorney general and other secretaries of different departments. The uh, attorney general in Israel is appointed by the the, the the courts, and the courts, starting in 1993, have sort of adopted a test where Israel doesn't have a constitution; they have things called basic laws. The court came out and said, "Well, the basic laws are really our constitution, but we get to decide whether they." are valid or not based on a test of reasonableness hmm. so the attorney general has come out and said well Netanyahu because you're in the criminal system right now you cannot speak negotiate participate in anything having to do with judicial reform so even Netanyahu coming out last week and saying we're not going we're going to pause judicial reform immediately attorney general so I'm going to investigate him as to whether he needs to be removed from office mmm So they essentially impeached, like we, we, they tried to do twice with Trump here. And the Republicans tried to do with Clinton back in the nineties. Uh, and so the judicial system, the legal system is weaponized. They have nine people on a committee to select Supreme Court justices. Three of them come from the courts, but you need seven people to approve. So the court has worked it. So they vote as a block. They're left oriented. And they they are controlled, and so here you have a democratically elected government who wants to do judicial reform. By the way, I don't even know if they pass judicial reform, the Supreme Court may say, uh, "We we don't accept it. It's it's invalid. It's it's against the reasonableness test that mm. we set up starting back in 1993." And the whole thing is collapsing. And so then you have Ehud Brock there saying, "Well, you know, the soldiers, the reservists, they don't need to show up." You know, because uh, they only agreed to serve a democratic government, and this is not a democratic government now. This is a dictatorship.
1: Yeah. Hey, John, and we've got to break in right the there. We've got 30 seconds, and I've got to tease the next segment. We were going to talk about the artificial intelligence issue. Um, are we making this a bigger thing than it is? What's CHAT-GPT, the Wisconsin Supreme Court election, Biden administration pledging between 40 and $75 million to Palestinians, China preparing for war, and Jim Wallace comes up again. We'll talk about that next on Stand Up For The Truth. Feedback, questions, and topic suggestions are always appreciated. Email us at comments at standupforthetruth.com. If you go to our website, there's one word, and it's called MERCH. And that will take you to our friends at Red Pill Prints. They just added more items. A long sleeve t shirt with the Stand Up for the Truth logo. Really sharp looking blue shirt. Um, also a sweatshirt. We've got, uh, you know, coffee tumblers, candles, mugs, water bottles, hats that are on sale now. Winter hats, baseball hats, sweatshirts, hoodies. And you can go and see all of them. Standupforthetruth.com slash gear. Or if you're on the website, StandUpForTheTruth.com, click on Merch. They are a Christian-run business, a family uh friends in Canada, our brothers and sisters in Christ. So, John Haller, we want to wrap up this topic. We didn't get a chance to talk about Biden's coup in Israel. That's that article by Daniel Greenfield. And so we want to make some connection here. There's a pledge by Blinken to give the Palestinians between 40 in the AP and another article over at Al Jazeera, $75 in U.S. assistance. And where is all this money coming from?
0: So the way that things are structured in Israel is kind of interesting. There are advocates within Israel that are trying to set up a National Guard. And Ben Gavir, who's the interior ministry security minister in the new government, he's an uh, Orthodox Zionist, lives from in Hebron. I heard him speak at the Knesset when I was there. once. Uh, they've been given him authority to set up a National Guard. But what the... Ob- the O'Biden, what I like to call the O'Biden administration has been funding is they're setting up, they want to set up a Palest, essentially a Palestinian National Guard. And that would be used to quote, help Israel with security issues in the West Bank and the Palestinian areas. This is just nonsense. And again, what they're doing is they're using these left-wing NGOs. They're funding them. And they're sending money. I don't, I don't remember anybody voting to send the money to these left wing NGOs, but they're being, they're being using it to tear down the government of Israel because they're concerned that the government, the Supreme Court of Israel might actually end up in the hands of conservatives. Understand there's a great article, uh, Daniel uh, Greenfield references it in his article at Sultan Kanish and he says, you know the left in the United States is up with the supreme upset with the Supreme Court, and we shouldn't pay attention to the Supreme Court. It was appointed through democratic process. The, Demo- the Republicans got control of that the process and they appointed conservative judges and they're concerned that and so we can't respect the Supreme Court, but we have to protect the Supreme Court in Israel because it rules the way that we want it to rule. And we see this conflict coming the, the abortion pill this week in the United States. You know, there's a judge in Texas who said it can't go forward. And there's a judge in Washington who says it can. Everything, everywhere mm. we look, everybody is divided between left and right. Yep. You just had a big election in Wisconsin last yes. week, which I think is a, unfortunately, I'm going to say it's a harbinger, I think, of the 2024 election, where the abortion issue, I, th- I think conservatives and people who are opposed to abortion, rightly opposed to abortion, sort of uh, caught the. Sort of relaxed and caught their breath. Mm-hmm. I did a panel at Fox News during the election cycle in in November, uh, in the Ohio Senate case. They, you know, uh, Martha McCallum and Brett Baer. And I will tell you that on that panel, it was divided six to six, like Fox usually does, like everybody's equal and has an equally valued opinion. But the people on the left, every single one of them, from you know, a 65-year-old lady sitting a couple seats away from me to people in college and young ladies in college, that's all they wanted to talk about was abortion. And so what happened was the abortion issue became very big in Wisconsin politics, mm-hmm. and the left-wing, she ran on a pro-abortion platform.
1: Absolutely. Uh, you're,
0: well, you live there. Yeah, you should have
1: seen the TV commercials. They put, I, I would say, millions and millions of dollars into this promotion of abortion and this leftist candidate, um, who won. But it was unbelievable. The lies, the fabrications, mm-hmm. they made this, the Daniel Kelly, the conservative, look like he was evil. He wanted to, you know, keep women down and, and take away all their rights. We're just talking about the, I don't want to call it a right. We're talking about the murder of preborn human babies and mothers Wombs, and this is what this demonic battle has come to.
0: The uh, it's the ritual sacrifice of children to the god Moloch that mm-hmm. is Old manifesting itself in the end times. It's, yeah. it's what it's, it, it was happening at the time of King Josiah, and they were sacrificing their children to, to Moloch. And he went in, and he tore down their altars, he tore down their holy places where they were doing this. You can read about that in Second Kings.
1: And, and now, by the
0: way, yeah. it didn't stop the judgment of God from coming mm-hmm. yeah. on. Yeah, the, we, the kingdom of judah yeah that's a good point to and so make. we're
1: go ahead but i just want to interject this really quick we can tear down the their holy places that their gods the planned parenthoods and all that but we have already shed so much or allowed so much bloodshed in america judgment is going to be harsh go ahead john well and the question is how do what do we do with it and i think that we
0: thought, well, we'll get Roe versus Wade overturned, and then we'll just kind of march through the state legislatures yeah, and get right. everything done. Just easy. Huh? But almost every election,
1: you have to be honest
0: about this, almost every election where this has been an issue and made an issue by the left and by the pro-apportion people is the, the conservative side has not won. I, I can't think of one that we have. Um, and people are caving on this issue all the time. It's going to be a big issue in 2024. And, and the it, here's the issue. For 50 years, Roe versus Wade was the law of the land. It just had its 50th anniversary a couple of months ago. We have a whole – gen, we have two generations of people to re-educate as to why this is a bad thing. Exactly. So the hard work just started, mm. okay? The, it, it, it didn't end with overturning Roe. It just started now. So the question is, what do we do about it? Um, and, and that's a very good question. I think that conservatives and pro-life people need to talk about. Yes. We um, do. so anyway, so back to, to Israel. So there, there, there's fight over the Supreme court. Uh, a says this, we're going to overturn the government. And I, so I believe him when he says that, that that's the goal is to overturn the Netanyahu mm-hmm. government and the polls out this morning show that Netanyahu, who was elected with a coalition of about 65 Likud members, his own party has dropped from about 31 or 32 to 20 if they held an election today. And the center and center-left parties would almost certainly win another election. So the goal is to collapse the Israeli government. Yep. And at the time when they're facing all of these pressures from Iran and Hezbollah and Lebanon, and so... They're afraid because if if Hezbollah and there was a Lebanon and TV report last week that they have 250,000 rockets aimed at Israel from the various Iranian proxies around Israel. Uh, if all of those are launched in a very short period of time, Israel doesn't have the, the Iron Dome can't handle that kind of defenses. They don't have the defense to handle that, and the concern is from security people I have talked to is that. Israel would suffer very severe losses, particularly in the north, in the Galilee, uh, around Nazareth, and that sort of pl- up along the Lebanon border uh, because of the range of the rockets. But then Israel has been saying for years, listen, if, if that happens, we're going to war. And when we go to war, it will be shock and awe like you've never seen. So Israel's preparing for war. They've relied a lot on it, on the United States for help, but the United States has prepositioned uh ammunition stores and rockets and missiles and that type of thing in Israel to help in that case but those are pretty much gone now because they've all been sent to Ukraine yeah and I don't remember anybody voting for that
1: no how many so, over 200 billion dollars now of U.S taxpayer money to Ukraine
0: yeah I, I'd like to see an accounting I, I don't know if it's that much uh but certainly it's it's a lot of money and listen you know, Russia invaded Ukraine. We can argue about whether that was valid or not. But certainly well over a 100,000 people on Russia and Ukrainian sides have lost their lives. Mm. Ukraine was almost 40 million people a year ago, February. Mm. Today, it's somewhere around 23 or 24 million.
1: Well, that's a lot of people Uh, left the country, of course. A
0: lot of people left the country. I have a a uh, good pastor friend that lives in Ukraine, and I talk to him regularly. And there's so there's, and there's propaganda flying all over the place, and it's an incredibly divisive issue among yeah. Christians and that kind of thing. It is. Well, but people are dying. Yeah. And so China's watching this to see what happens, and they're saying, well, I, I think they're holding back on taking back Taiwan. They think the United States military is vulnerable right now. So they're they're going away. They they had a big exercise where they surrounded uh, uh, Taiwan with boats and, and uh, aircraft over the weekend, saying, "See what we can do to help protect Taiwan from outside forces." That's uh, the propaganda was. G just came back to power. He had a ten year he had served ten years. He was supposed to go away. He got elected to another five year term. And one of the guys who preceded him when they had the big party meeting to do this. This guy was going to criticize G at the meeting and just as he was getting ready to get up to speak all of a sudden here come these guys and they take him off the stage oh my right I mean this is <laughs> right in the hall of the people wow. wow and he's not been seen since well and he had been in G's position before so this is this is hmm. very authoritarian what's happening G and Putin had a meeting in in Moscow a couple of weeks ago and at the end, as they were leaving, there were cameras and microphones there. and G said, "We are at the point of being able to affect change that we've not been able to change in a hundred years. And what does mm-hmm. that change to change the US led world order to yeah. something that's led by Russia and China, also to get rid of the dollar as the world's reserve currency. And I think from an economic standpoint, that ought to be what cons- concerns Americans the most. So we, we can argue whether we used our power correctly or not but if the dollar is not the world's reserve currency uh the united states could turn into venezuela or zambia overnight with rapid yeah. uh inflation and i mean we're we're at the cusp of some just absolutely <clears throat> incredible changes that are taking place in the world uh from a geopolitical standpoint yeah john We've got 12 Twelve
1: minutes, 12 minutes. Um, okay. Uh, so, so I'm going to point people to this article, Foreign Affairs. Xi Jinping says he is preparing China for war, and the world should take him seriously. Um, so I'm going to point to that. But I wanted to just talk briefly about chat GPT. A lot of people have no idea what it is. Sounds like a, a motor oil. Oh, that? no, that's something else. But chat GPT, okay. AI, what is it, and why should we pay attention to this? Uh, This is a
0: very big deal. Uh I think uh I hear people saying, oh, it's not that big a deal. You can work around it. It's not that well-developed or anything like that. Let's look what happened. I was sitting in a conference room in Israel in December, about December the 12th, and Jonathan Medved, who's a Israeli venture capitalist, very wealthy guy, was talking about Israel technology and everything. He goes, oh, and by the way, have you heard of chat GPT-4? And I'm like, hadn't heard of it. You know, I'm pretty... Tech-oriented, It had just been rolled out November 30th. And within a week, it had a million downloads. And within a month, it had like 130 million users. It's oh the goodness. fastest rollout of any app in technology history. And what they're doing is, so ChatGPT 4 was a, you know, there's a ChatGPT 3.5. And this one was much more powerful. It's a large language model. It sort of grabs things. So you can go to it. And you could say, Hey, you know, I had the rough week. Uh, I'm running out of time. I need a sermon on John 316 for Sunday. And it'll give you a pretty good sermon on John 316. Uh, it, 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 it generates a, a paper, a, a research paper like, or a sermon or something like that. But what they did recently was they rolled out a thing called, uh, by the way, I, I need to say this. When, so when Jonathan Medved, Was talking about chat GPT and technology and everything. And so I'm sitting in Israel and he says, we are making, we are going to make the lame walk. And when he said that, it like hit me like a ton of bricks because when John sent people, John the Baptist sent people to Jesus, his disciples to Jesus, are you the one? Are you the Messiah? Or we should look for another. What was Jesus answer to him, them? He said, "Listen, you go back and you tell John, and they they were just able to witness some of these things. You you go back to John and you tell him the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. And so when you see these tech guys saying we're going to make the lame walk, Neuralink rolls out, they use the same thing: the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. It's almost wow. in the same order wow. that Jesus said that this is a mess that Jesus said was a messianic sign. Mm-hmm. We know that Satan is the great imitator. Yeah. We know that these people want to make things immortal." Now they've come out with a thing called GPT-4, which is at least a hundred times more powerful than chat GPT-4. I got an email blast the other day and it's popping up on all of my social media platforms. A thing called Spellbook. It is a legal chat GPT to, you have a contract, you need a contract for a client, you tell GPT your parameters, what you want to do, you can Upload the contract to this uh, legal specific chat GPT, and it will say, you need to fix this, fix this, fix this. But there's this goal to art- integrate artificial intelligence into everything. And you see this happening. That's why Ukraine, I think I mentioned, Ukraine's been very more, much more effective in the battlefield than people thought. They thought Russia was going to roll over Ukraine in two weeks. It's been a year and two months now, I think Russia's going to win eventually just because of numbers, but they've been effective. This, uh, past January 1st, New Year's Eve in Dubai, you know, big business oriented United Arab Emirates I, in Abu Dhabi, they had a celebration and they had these drone fleets in the sky that formed art, huh. like a, a visible portrait of the leader of the United Arab Emirates of a giant head with AI in the middle. My this goodness. is all done by drones. Well, if they can do drones like this to wow people and there's no way humans could control, you could have 10,000 humans controlling those things. It's all done through computers, technology. If there's a wow factor art application to it, there's also a military application for, to mm-hmm. it. So there's a guy mm-hmm. named Elie or Ludowski. He's a, a transhumanist. Uh he's one of the founders of the Singularity Institute with Ray Kurzweil. He came out and he said, we need to, we need to have, well, let me back up. Elon Musk, Yuval Harari, they came out with an open letter, said we need to put a six month moratorium on developing these artificial intelligence tools. Ludowski came out and he said That's not good enough. We need to stop it. We need to have international agreements to stop this because we don't know where it's going to go. And if we get it wrong, the first time we get it wrong, every person dies. All of humanity dies. Peter Ducey asked our little press secretary (laughs) about this, uh, at a, at a news conference last Mm -hmm. week. And, you know, and the people in the room were like, and he says all humanity could die and people in the room were laughing at him. The press corps was laughing at Peter Ducey. Oh my god! And he goes, "Well, is it serious or not?" And she goes, "Oh, Peter, you're so dramatic." These are the same people that two weeks before, though, were parroting everything that the international panel panel on climate change said. Of course, that we're going to all die from global warming. It's over. We can't stop it, and we have we have it's always like fifteen more years or ten more years or something like that. And so, what you're seeing is that. All of these things, David, there, there's a religious component. There's a religious component Mm -hmm. to this pro-abortion stuff. There's a religious component to this transgender stuff. And they all have their, they all have their apocalypse. We have an apocalypse. They have an apocalypse. And so the question is, which one are you going to believe? And, you know, we're one day after we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I, I just think that we're, we're at this very, very unusual time. I, Mm I can't even begin to scratch the surface week to week in my updates about all the things that I see going well, on. And it's just and absolutely incredible. And
1: human beings weren't meant to keep up with everything and have all this information. We weren't designed that way. That's why we can get overwhelmed. We can get depressed. We've got to really make sure we have our feet planted on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and in the Word of God mm-hmm. more than we are in the news. But I was going to ask you The difference between a transhumanist and a transgender, but I think I'll skip that and go right on to. uh, Well, I think (laughs) go ahead. I think that's a good one. Real quick,
0: they're they're related. Yeah, they're absolutely related, and I think the transgender thing is the manifestation of the transhumanist because we can, you know, transhumanists and everything they want to make people immortal. We we can even make it so that you can be something other than what you were created to be, Mm. and so they they're absolutely related.
1: So, um, so how does this work when it comes to we, we're? It's like a bad Hollywood movie from from 30 years ago. It's really interesting that they take these ideas and what we're. Remember when we were growing up, John? You and I we used to watch the Jetsons, and we thought, "Wow, that would be cool to have a TV on your watch or to be able to look at your screen and see who's at your front door." I mean, that's today. So the same thing with this artificial intelligence. And there's one one line in one of the articles you sent me. It says, the key issue is not human competitive intelligence. Uh, it's what happens after AI gets to smarter than human intelligence. And I think a lot of people ha- are confused about how that could possibly happen. We know they can mimic. We know they can, like you say, Satan's the great counterfeiter. But they can get smarter Uh, Explain how that is even a remote possibility. Well, because it can
0: draw instantaneously on vast amounts of information. I mean, you see all over the country these giant server farms. We have them here in Columbus, Ohio. And they just store bits and bytes of information, but they have all of this information. We know our phones are listening to us because you talk about something with your wife or you go to a store. Mm -hmm. Like I was looking for a new putter. So I go to the store, I'm looking at a putter. All of a sudden I'm getting all this stuff in my Facebook and Twitter feed. Putter ads, Golf, uh, yeah. how to putt better, uh, where to get instruction and that type of thing. They're listening. And I just, I never, it was before I even did a search for the thing. Yep. You know, now I've done a search. So it's over. It's, I'm going to get inundated. Even when I buy it, I'm going to continue to get ads. But this is, this is what happens. GPT four, which is the most recent iteration of this. By the way, GT, GPT five is in training right now and is supposed to roll out in December of this year, by the end of the year, and it will be at least a 100,000 times more powerful than GPT-4. GPT-4, one of the things somebody said was, well, have it take a professional test. So they took GPT-4. They gave it the bar exam. Here's the question on the bar exam. It's scoring in the 90th percentile on some of the business uh, school exams in the 98th percentile. It's already as smart wow. as human beings. It's already as smart as the smartest human beings. And the question is, is it going to get to the point where it can kind of start programming itself? So on GPT-4, Microsoft, which invested $10 billion into this, $10 wow. billion dollars unbelievable, into this just recently, they came out with a report and it says it's starting to look like it's like going beyond what we tell it to. Hmm. And that's why Ludowski and others are saying we can't do that. It it almost seems sentient and understand some of these transhumanist guys have this religious component to them. There was a guy that worked for Google named Lewandowski, I think who had, he was part of like a transhumanist church very occultic, mystic, and that type of thing. And that's what where he was going. And and he was the one who came out and said, this thing's like starting to talk to me in ways that it seems like it's thinking through the problem like a human being would. Wow. And so you see Yuval Harari who's yep. talking about it. And even he says, well, we need to slow this down. And the question is, is it going to be slowed down? Um, I think, I can't remember who, I'll give Pete Garcia credit, a friend of mine. Yes. I think he said that whatever is described in Revelation thirteen, that you know, the technology system that for the beast system, and it says he will give life to the image of the beast, it says that in the Bible in the end times. All of that can be done now. And Pete says what what was necessary for revelation to happen, the technology now exceeds it. Yes. And so how how close are we to the end? Yeah, we are. That's the question. And Incredible. it's just it, it it's it's mind blowing. Yep. It's, it's really mind blowing what's happening. And so like right now you can go. In fact, I, I didn't get to it on Sunday. I don't have time to talk. One about minute. All of this stuff. We have one minute. Okay. There's these, there's a Twitter thread where the guy goes through and shows all the things that you can do, like create a movie, create a fake movie of Donald Trump being arrested, create images of Donald Trump being arrested and the, the artificial intelligence. Systems will now do that. And we're going to see a lot of fake videos in the next election cycle. It's going to be very difficult to find out what the truth
1: is. My goodness. We need discernment now more more than we've ever needed it because there's going to be things that are going to be coming out that are absolutely not real that are lies. And because of this technology you're describing – and it's going to be very hard for the innocent person to prove that they didn't do such and such a thing or that wasn't them in a photo or in a video. It's just its just so sad. But Christians, be on guard. We're not surprised by any of this. Um, John, I wanted to wrap up. We don't have time, but the archaeology, the ex- excavation of the uh, Pool of Siloam, uh, that was a fascinating news item in, in uh, recent yeah. days and weeks. But um, I was there,
0: and it's happening, and it's its the. It, the progress that's been made on that. It's at the base of the processional road all the way to Temple Mount. And it's interesting that happens. People arrested in Israel over last week, wanting to institute sacri- animal sacrifice on the Temple Mount.
1: Mm, we are getting so close, friends. This is happening, but uh, always remember to you know, start your day with the Lord and in the, the Word of God and then ask for discernment on these times so we can understand the times, so we can not be shocked by any of this because God's not, certainly not shocked or pacing. Brother, we got to wrap it up. I think we uh, jumped around a bit. We covered quite a bit, though, in an hour. So uh, kudos, brother. We, we, we were on target today. <laughs> Always
0: glad to be with you, All right, David.
1: Thanks, John. God bless you, brother. Yeah. All right, tomorrow, um, you know, we just, I think we just found out that Alex McFarland has to reschedule, so Mary Danielson and I will do a news and worldview uh, program podcast tomorrow. Uh, so many more headlines to talk about, and uh, that's coming up. Also, the rest of the week, you will hear replays, Bill Perkins, Dr. Mark Christian, Terry James, And thank you guys again for sharing the podcast. It's amazing. We're getting out there. The downloads are almost record highs, so that's because of you. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.